It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello friends, welcome to your belated single edition of the Kings of Anglia Ipswich Town podcast this week. Sorry we've not caught up with you to date, uh, time off, bank holidays, Sunday games threw us right out, but we're back finally to bring you a weekly podcast and this will be something of a season review as well as a kind of look into the mailbag and various other bits and bats that we'll get to. I'm Mark Keith, I'm your host, joining me are my three best friends, the Wet Bandits and the Bearded Prospect. I'm going to start with you, Roscoe. Because um, not only are you wearing branded material, branded by one of our sponsors, Ginger Pickle, you've also just been on a work holiday with said sponsor. Um, you've been to to Holland to interview various folks for your In Pictures series. Clearly, this is a responsible working trip. You're only drinking water and eating lean protein the whole time you're out there. How was it? Uh, it was great. It was a great trip. Um, shout out to Tony Southgate, of course, as you mentioned, from Ginger Pickle. Um, he planned a lot of it, to be fair. He did the hotel, did the flights, did the driving, <laughs> standard. Um, of course, I, I had some input as well, but um, he was it was all you know, hands-on. He loved it, um, and it was a great. Yeah. <laughs> you were just surrounded by enablers, people who drive you everywhere, people who work out holidays for you, and all you've got to do is essentially just turn up and just be Ross. must oh, be a wonderful yeah. life you live. I sorted out the interviews and I did the interviews. Um, <laughs> like, to be fair, a fun little thing. Um, we actually got a lift by Fabian uh, Wilness, who was part yeah. of the interview. We also got a lift by Gus Udenbeek because um, they just said, <laughs> you want a lift to the base of the venue? And we were like, yeah, go on in. And of course, we had a car. We Tony rented a car for the... Which Tony drove, clearly, obviously, yeah. Honestly, obviously. Yeah. And that, he actually experienced um, driving in you know, a foreign country for the first time. So um, big props to Tony as well. Experience well, fortunately, that. fortunately, mate, he had an experienced driver like you sitting yeah. next to him to help him yeah. to help him with all yeah. all of the issues that arose. I love that concept. Ross is just shipped to and from places. Then he just the, the screen goes on. He switches on. The talent's here. Let's do some interviews. Uh, so, Ross, who did you speak to? Who, who's coming up? Because we're going to release these over the summer, obviously. Yes. Who, cool. who have we got to look forward to? So, yeah, first up was uh, Gus Ullenbeek, Um Played in the '90s for Town. Yeah. Flying fullback, it was it was great. Gus just a shift laugh. Um, then it was Martin Royster, the man who scored Royster Premiership. We went to the Dutch FA, which was very interesting, very posh. Nice. Um, maybe not as big as uh, St George's Park, but Dutch FA was very impressive. Um, didn't see any you know Dutch players, you know you know big Dutch players. They probably playing still. You know anyway, um, he was great. Then um, Fabian Wilness, we went to his place. Um, yeah. We were going to do it at a restaurant, but we then turned up and we're like, this is probably not a good idea, Fabian. It's uh, going to be loud. Yeah. <laughs> so the end, we went, okay, we'll just, I'll, I'll give you a lift to my house. And we went to his, his apartment and we did it there. And then uh, Pim Olstein, who played um, for two seasons, um, he actually set up Sparta Rotterdam. He just rang up them and said, yeah, can we film an interview here? And they went, yeah, no problem. Because he, he played there as a youth and his dad played there as well. Um, so, yeah. Good locations, Rotterdam, Amsterdam, Zeist. Um, it was a very good trip. 
Um, is Mar- I have lots of questions. First of all, is Martin Royce still a ridiculously good-looking man? He's very, yeah, he's very handsome, very handsome man. And number two, obviously, you're in you're in Amsterdam. I know it was a working professional trip, so as I say, you were on water the whole time um, and, and eating very healthily as well. I assume there's no stories from the road that um, you can share because you were in bed at sort of six pm every day to make sure you were rested for the next day's interview. Well, some of our interviews were later than that, so um, you know we went in bed at six pm. Um, it weren't as messy as you probably think it would be. Um, yeah. Because it was, we were really busy, like traveling to Rotterdam and to Zeiss and stuff. And we were just, we, the time just escaped us. And by the time we were like going to go to Amsterdam the first night, it was like half 10 and we were staying like outskirts of Amsterdam. So it would take us like half an hour to get basically a metro. Yeah. Um, and we we're just knackered. So I'm sorry to say the first night was boring. a bit of a, yeah, very boring, actually. We had, we just got a Just Eat Pizza and just ate that in the hotel. Oh. Um, and then the second day, we had two interviews to do. Um, and then when we, we left Fabian in Rotterdam about, about half nine, and we then got a, a train to Amsterdam. We went out in Amsterdam, and that all stayed with me and me and Tony. <laughs> uh, but then we got a train home, and it got, like, halfway, it got cancelled. So we had to, like, go into Den Haag. And we had to get Uber back to our thing. And we didn't get in until like 3 or 4 a.m. And then, yeah, the rest is history. But, um, yeah, shout out to Tony because he was he was a, a fine gentleman and a very good um, person, part of this trip. What happens on tour stays on tour. Yeah. Amsterdam, by the way, what, what a city. It's one of my favourite cities. Yeah. I love the fact in Amsterdam, obviously, for many, many reasons. But one of my favourite things about Amsterdam is you can walk into a cheese shop and basically eat your own weight in cheese and no one stops you. Just fill up, fill your boots. Fantastic. Um, the Wet Bandits are with me, of course, as well. Boys, how are you, Stewie? We've been busy this morning. Um, how are you, Stewie? You're kind of sitting a bit in the dark. <clears throat> yeah, I'm all right. Sorry. Yeah, it's not the best location for this. I have some questions. A, it's very much the Wet Bandits, not the Bedwetters, yeah. um, which <laughs> which somebody tried to uh, <laughs> tried to change it to on social media. None of that. Thank you yeah. very much. Haven't done that since least i was 15 um (laughs) uh, what else was gonna ask yeah why do why do you have to eat lean protein on work trips because i have not been adhering to that when uh when traveling up and down the a1 every weekend the body's a temple stew as you know as you know how much protein you need to take in to fuel those guns and when you're in work business a responsible reporter slash athlete would only be consuming lean protein especially in amsterdam I don't know if Peterborough Services gives, gives you much lean protein options with its meal choices. I just ate in Amsterdam, so that, that I saw it look very nice. That, that looked a tremendous meal, Rossi. I must say, very very yeah, good. We, uh, we we panicked though. We when we got to Amsterdam, we were hungry. We needed we hadn't eaten since like breakfast. Of course, course just, he was hungry. Tony <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually mentioned to me his moments where he felt I don't know. He was worried about me because I, I I think if I've not eaten for a while, my just my my level would just goes a bit down and a bit like. When I ate, I was like, I was alive, and yeah. But um, we panicked though. We just we got we went to the first thing we saw. We should have maybe explored a bit more. When we actually left, we were like, oh, we could have gone there. We could have gone there. But yeah, it was, it was a nice day. But we I assume you, while you were in Amsterdam, you went to the Rijksmuseum, the Rembrandt Museum, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Next friends, time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, Hutchie, you're a fellow fan of Amsterdam. We converse about Amsterdam many times. How are you? Do we really have to to talk about the football season? That's that's yeah. a line a, a line's been drawn under that, hasn't it? That's that's yeah. old news. So I want to yeah. hear. I just want to hear more about this trip. 
I was, maybe, I, I maybe we could do, you know, like I used to do Hollyoaks later. Late night, sort of yeah. Versions, late night Hollyoaks. <laughs> maybe we could do a KOA sort of behind the scenes of, of Ross's Amsterdam t- trip. And um, I think that that we w- could really push some subscriptions with that I was going to say, that would be pay-per-view, wouldn't it? Mm. You would definitely have to be over 18 to view that. Um, so I did. we did talk about doing a behind-the-scenes bit, didn't we, Rossi? I don't know if uh, if that's something that's coming amongst all your uh, your footage you've got. Yeah, there will be behind-the-scenes, but of course I haven't included that sort of behind-the-scenes. It's <laughs> mainly like going to where like the Dutch FA, Sparta Rotterdam and, you know, other little locations, but not other places. To be fair, if you if you are seen sort of filming stuff in the yeah, red industry, yeah. Ross, you'll just get your head kicked in, yeah, won't you? Exactly. So, they, um, don't, they don't take very kindly to that, I'm, to- I'm told. I'm told. Um, <laughs> <laughs> friends, before we move on to the football, I'm very much enjoying this jovial start to the, the chat, and it's quite refreshing not to have a game really to talk about. Um, two major things happening at the moment. One happened over the weekend, the coronation, and the other thing, which is a coronation of a Eurovision Song Contest winner this weekend. Are we up for this? Hutchie, you strike me as a big Eurovision fan. Uh, do you want me to be? With it, with oh, I want it... you to be whatever you are. Uh, uh, yeah, I love it. I mean, yeah, I quite like Eurovision sometimes. I'll watch a little bit of it. Um, that's all I can really offer you, mate, I'm afraid. I've I've let you down there. I'm not, not as big a fan as I might might give off the... Um, Give off the impression that like, why are Australia in it? I'm led to believe they were invited in one year, weren't they, as, a, as an anniversary thing, and they've they've stayed. Um, but you were bang on last year, Hutch. I think you predicted the winners last year, as I recall. Did I? Um, as part of your yeah, you said lump all the money on the Ukraine and Julie. Oh yeah. Won. Well, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shiri, did you did you did you watch the uh, coronation? I know you were part of that. You were probably traveling to Fleetwood. Did you swear allegiance to the king? Obviously, there is only four true kings. Um, Charlie will argue otherwise, but uh, no, we was on the road. We was on the road to Fleetwood. You are correct. Um, yeah, yeah. Andy's not giving you a great deal on Eurovision chat. I haven't got. A, I haven't got a huge amount of coronation <laughs> chat in me. Alan Partridge shrug, gif. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I sh- probably should have pre-warned you about that. Um, pre-show but i just got carried away boys having such a nice time just talking around things generally should we talk about football this is the season review show i don't really want to talk about the fleetwood game because by the sound of it it was a very much after the lord mayor's show sort of affair um so i thought what we'd do for a bit of fun just what we're all about here um is go back and look at our predictions from before the big kickoff and see how we got on I'll, i'll mix that in with a bunch of mailbag but before we get to that there is something we have to talk about which has happened today which is quite a nice talking point Stu, this morning um, one of football's very, very good, nice gentlemen, Cole Skuse, was unveiled as a new boss of Berry Town. How do you think he's going to do? Does that seem a good fit? What do you reckon? Yeah, I think if anyone's sort of personality and overall demeanour is, is suited to to management, I think it's Cole's. We've all, we've talked a long time about Luke Chambers and Cole Skuse going into management, possibly together. Uh Luke is so close to sort of hitting some records with the number of appearances he's made in his career. I think he he's, he's focused on sort of chasing those down and, and carrying on playing. Um, but Cole Cole's had some injuries towards the end of this season at Colchester and has, has decided now's the time for him to move into it. So he's um, he's one of football's good guys. He's, um, he's he's got a very calming sort of aura about him. Um, 
just a, a good solid family man that's got you always remember Mick McCarthy's quote about his sort of sense of humor it's very dry it's mm. like an Exocet missile you know it's you know the piss take is coming from Cole you just don't you don't know when um and I think he's someone that probably a group of non-league players will really, really respond to and, and want to play for and do well for. So, yeah, wish him, wish him well with that. I'm sure it's going to take him a little while to get his um, his head around as it is with all footballers that you have, when pre-season starts again, you're not coming in to, to run around and train and, and have that routine anymore. But, um, yeah, I think I think it will suit him quite nicely. But, and Berry have got a real history of sticking with their managers. Mm. I think he's only the third appointment this century, they've had, um, had Richard Wilkins for about 14 years and Ben Chenery did the best part of a decade and, and now Cole steps in as well. So, yeah, I think all Ipswich fans will be wishing him well and they might pick up a few extra few extra town fans maybe next season. Yeah, so it seems to be a really solid place for him to start. And obviously, he's got Alan Lee there as well, hasn't he? So there's another, there's another town link as well. Hutchie, what do you make of, of Cole Stews going into management starting in non-league? There was obviously... Not too long ago, we're talking about him and Chambers potentially making a management team to to kick off their management career, and and we we talked about the chance of that happening at Colchester. Yeah, um, I mean they'd have done anyone kind of going straight into management in the in the EFL is is going to have to be the kind of right place, right time. Um, and this just feels very cold skews to me. He what he does is he does he's got a kind of a, a an ongoing day job with St Joe's College. Um, coaching there and doing some stuff combine that with this I think he'll um I think he'll adapt quite nicely to life after professional football he'll he'll be just fine um growing growing ranks of former Ipswich midfielders managing in local non-league Luke Hyam is at mm-hmm. Woodbridge maybe they could yeah. have a little pre-season little pre-season game between those two two old two old colleagues <clears throat> uh now in the in the dugout that'd be nice I'd probably it's go Kevin and watch Horlock that as well isn't there Kevin Horlock yeah. need him as well so yeah, yeah. a few decent few decent uh, clashes there, perhaps. Right then, Rossi, we're going to start season pre- uh, review now. Not season preview, it's far too early for that. Jumping the gun <laughs> big time. Um, I have here all of our predictions from every single category pre-season, which we committed our professional reputations to. Where would you like us to start, Ross? I've got the categories. Best summer signing, leading scorer, MVP. I'd suggest you don't start there. Um, <laughs> surprise package. Where will town finish? What will the top two be? Who will make the playoffs? Who are the dark horses? And who is going to be relegated? So of those categories, which would you like to start with? Let's do position town will finish because, um, you know, finally we're out of the League One. So I think that's the perfect okay. start. Well, Ross, you've picked a good one there for you and me, my friend, because you and me both said second. What can we say? The guys who are paid big money to cover Ipswich Town and lead Huge. that coverage. Huge money. Huge money. Massive. Ma- massive money. Silly Stu, money, if anything. Money, absolutely. Stu, yeah. said, Stu said fourth. Yeah. And he said third. Defend yourself, gentlemen. You were, you were, you were so wrong. Miles out, weren't we? Um, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I, I can't remember the words I wrote with it, but it was to do with something to do with heart and head and my yeah. head sort of leading them towards top two. But the pain of the past just prevented me from, it was almost like, you know, we talked about leading up to the last few games and I think heading into Barnsley, just not almost wanting to jinx it. You know, yeah. it just, it felt like that. And that's how I felt going into the season. It it, it felt like things were, were on solid foundations, but I just, at that stage, I couldn't bring myself to, to commit to it. 
Rossi, these jokers don't know what they're talking about. It was always obvious it was going to be second, wasn't it, for you and me? Um, how do you feel now, sitting back and having absolutely nailed it? Yeah. Um, I went with my heart this season. Normally, I would go with my head. Um, Stu was saying that. I just went with my heart. I went, we've had, we've had well, shit league-wide campaigns. And I just thought, you know what? They're going to do it this year. And uh, they did it. So, well done, Kim McKenna and co. And uh, So, what you're saying is, Ross, is your head says... You thought they weren't going to do it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much for my heart, just, you know, okay. blue, blue heart and all that. So, yeah. And you say, you say, well done, Kieran McKenna and that, but really it's well done us, isn't it, Rossi? Because we absolutely nailed it. So there we go. Um, right then, shall we go somewhere else? Best summer signing. Now, obviously, bear in mind, this doesn't include the January signings, etc. Best summer signing. Stu and Andy both agreed. They said Dom Ball. <laughs> Me and Rossi both agreed. We said Marcus Harness, which looked like an absolute fire pick for the first month or so of the season um, and then obviously he's kind of tailed away uh, had a, cro- a goal cruelly disallowed of course should have one more goal to his his tally yep Rossi was yes before, was this before Leif Davis signed no yeah oh was it yeah in the, oh, it would have been case, it would have been wouldn't it that's quite a big I don't think it is though my friend because you make you made mention of Leif Davis in your piece in your in your prediction Hachi I'm fairly sure um Sorry, I've, I'm now. I've, ch- I've chucked her. It, it it doesn't matter. What this yeah. proves, what this proves, what this proves is that Ipswich, um, it shows the power of January a bit, doesn't it? Absolutely. Um, yeah. And and the power of um, a few other bits and pieces that were done. Done as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna stand by the Don Ball pick at the time because I think the reasoning was that they needed a bit of just physicality and experience and grit to get out of League One. And I kind of thought, basically, I thought Ball might be the sort of Luongo factor that they eventually got in the second half of the season. And we'll never know if Don Ball could have been that player because injuries prevented him from doing so, didn't they? So, um, yeah. We will see. Time will tell. And, of course, he's now back on the grass and there's a chance that he could, he yes. could, he could evolve next season. All right, let's do one more and then we'll take some mailbag. MVP. Stewie said Morsey. Andy said Walton. Rossi having absolutely nailed second spot. You said Shawnee Aluko, which even at the time seemed crazy. And I said Morsey. So uh, pick the bones out of that one. Stu, uh, Hutchie, I think we all said Morsey as player of the season. But Walton can't have been that far behind. When you look at those picks now, apart from obviously Rossi's nonsense pick, we were pretty close, weren't we? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine with all of that. Um, yeah, Aluko not so much, but um, look, I think I, I think I referenced Morsi in there as well. But um, I just thought at the time that Ipswich had such a good goalkeeper that would set them a mile apart, and he's he's obviously won the Golden Glove. But Morsi, if I was if I was to name it now, I'd still say Morsi would be would be that. <laughs> Isn't it mad that Christian Walton, this is how good a season Ipswich have had. I reckon if you ask most people for their top three players, in no particular order, it would be Morsi, Chaplin and probably Davis. And Walton might not get into most people's top three. And he's won the Golden Glove. He's kept a clean sheet and I think in half his games. He's had major turning point moments with penalty saves against Cambridge and Bolton. And you still might not get into a into a top three list of, of sort of players of the season. That that tells you everything about the strength of this squad, doesn't it? Is that because goalkeepers aren't sexy though? And generally Oh they, they are. Get, mm, <laughs> generally they only get like major plaudits if the team is, is struggling a little bit, isn't it? 
because then, yeah. then they, they get a lot more chances to be great sh- shot stoppers, as we always refer to them. So maybe it's, norm- it's normally not a good sign, is it, when your goalkeeper's no. winning player of the <laughs> year? And um, yeah, for that reason. Well, Bart, Bart won it year after year, didn't yeah, he? Exactly. In a team that, that couldn't really score that many goals and exactly. had very little of inspiration elsewhere. Yeah. All right, let's jump straight into a mailbag question. Uh, Hutchie, do you want to warm up those vocal cords for the, uh, the mailbag? Yeah, bear with me. I've got a little bit of a little bit of a throat. So, uh... oh, <clears throat> mailbag, mailbag. It's time for Mark, Andy, Stu, and Ross to dip into the mailbag. There we go. Well, thank um, you, I... the, the other two were on mute, so thank you. Yeah, thank right. you for thank that's you for fine. doing. Don't you worry, professional here. Me. Um, Kevin Galley wants to know, my wife, being a secret viewer of the shows over my shoulder, is for some reason intrigued to know which of the kings was the most troublesome child at school. <laughs> she has a very clear favourite. I wonder, Kevin, who that favourite would be for being the naughtiest at school. Would it be the hairiest of us all? Ross Halls? Were you a naughty child at school, Ross? You're a naughty adult. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was a little shit, to be honest. I, I feel sorry for my teachers back then. Um, yeah, sorry to Mrs. Cook and more other teachers that year. Even though I like school, I just, I don't know, I just didn't give a shit. Yeah. <coughs> there we go. There we go, Kevin. I suspect that's probably who your wife was, was thinking was the naughtiest. I mean, when, when we say wife's favourite, we know that Andy's got a big following. In, in the ladies of the kings of anglia listeners oh yeah. we know that that your wisdom the, the wisdom of hutchie is legendary amongst the women of koa so maybe kevin maybe your wife's also been drawn in by the wisdom of hutchie do let us know and, and let us know if that was what she was talking about anyway moving on um matthew casburn wants to know great work team this season thanks matt love listening to the pod we love doing it question do you think we may shock the championship next season and be in contention for a double promotion been done a few times before with our momentum manager and coaching on, of course, our financial clout. Hutchie, could Ipswich Town go straight up through the leagues again? And this time next season, we'll be talking about about to launch an assault on the Premier League. I think they can. I think they can be in the, the <clears throat> conversation at certain points of the season. Definitely, I've got. I've got no idea. Um, where they'll be this time next year, but it's definitely not impossible at all. But they're in the in the conversation. Um, Andy, you now know that come months down the line, Mark will now turn that into. I remember when Andy guaranteed, guaranteed. they'd win the championship next season. So we've just had that moment. You know me well. You know me well, Stu. What, what did you say on that, by the way? In terms of uh, he, he guarantees, yeah, he guarantees yeah, yeah. they can win the championship. Yeah, and if they don't, I'll do the mascot thing. <laughs> this mascot thing has got to happen hey. one day. Right then, yeah. uh, let's do let's do one more, shall we? Um, FPL Tractor wants to know. You mentioned correctly recently that Paul Hurst and Paul Lambert knew what was wrong at the club. We touched on they had elements of the right idea, didn't they? But maybe didn't go about it in the right way. If they'd been appointed instead of McKenna, when many of those issues were sorted, how would they have done? Let's assume no baggage in this ridiculous scenario. So. If, if Paul Hurst or Paul Lambert were appointed with the new owners, with some money, Marcus Evans is out of the club. They've got ambitious new owners. You've got Ashton there as well. Knows about structures and stuff, which Paul Lambert was often talking about. How do you think realistically, Hutchie, 
the likes of, of Hurst and Lambert would have done. Because we said before, Hurst was on the right track with the clear out, wasn't he, of the team. And Lambert was on the right track in terms of the structure not being what it should be in, for a successful football club. So how, yeah. how do you reckon they would have done? I think I think a huge element of this is the coaching. Yeah. Um, and, and McKenna and his team, I think, are a level or possibly more above those guys and their coaching staffs in terms of coaching. But Paul Hurst was was big on sports science. He brought his own sports scientist team over um, and and strength and conditioning teams and things like that. He had to fill that void himself. Um, and the idea now for Ipswich is that you'd slot a coach and a little bit of their own coaching staff into an overall structure of, of sports science and strength and conditioning health and fitness and stuff like that. So um I think out of the three, I know it, uh, if, if we're talking Lambert, Hurst, McKenna, I, I know very clearly which one of those I'd I'd quite like. But um, I think they've I think the others maybe talked a really good game that Kieran's been able to deliver, and I'm I'd stick. I think fair enough. Let's return. Who would, then. Who would make a better fist of it out of? <clears throat> you had to pick one then at the moment when the takeover happened. If you'd have had to go Hurst or Lambert, would no. No baggage, no history. Lambert. Matt Gill, I think, was a very good coach um, as part of that team. Um, I think I'd, I think I'd probably, it's hard to ignore the baggage, but I think I'd probably go, probably go Lambert out, out of those. Um, We're discounting Paul Cook, right? He had his, he had his go. He had his go, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Good question. All right, let's return to our well, predictions. I want to know. I want to. I want to know which, which way would you guys go out of them? I would. I. I yeah, I can see the reasoning for for Lambert, but I would. I would lean towards Hurst because I think he he just done what he did in League One. He had the right idea. He knew there needed to be a big shake up, and the people too comfortable in the club and uh, turnover of players and that kind of stuff. But he just he just went about it in the wrong way, didn't he? He went too nuclear too early um and i would think maybe with with a bit more backing uh and the right kind of structure around him i don't know that would be that would be that would be my guess but obviously we'll never can, know we'll never we'll know never the recruit the recruitment side of it would be the intriguing one for me obviously paul hurst kind of shopped in the market that he knew down down yeah. the leagues and um, he kind of had you know, to didn't if he? you That's gave him thing. a bit more of a war chest i don't yeah. know how differently he would have played that obviously we're, we're trying to kind of go back to a moment in time and and those things, whereas Paul Lambert has, he played for big clubs, you know, and he's been at higher level. And and but I know we joke about that, but it you know it is true he had operated at higher levels and things. I still wonder if Paul Cook just one year on, if mm. he'd have been the man to kind of. It's a bit like kind of following on from a bit of a poison chalice. His moment in time, just the stars didn't align for him, did he? I think you know it'd have been interesting if he'd have come in just what, a year later, but. Hey, we'll we'll never know. Thankfully, I'm not sure. I I think the coaching thing again would have been a would have been an issue. I think that's what's yeah. a massive part of what's made this Ipswich team so good is the coaching and 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 things like that. And I, I don't think Paul Cook and his group had that. No. Okay. Fair enough. Let's return then to our predictions. This is an easy one to get out of the way. Leading scorer because we all said the same thing. We all said Freddie Ladapo. Um, it ranged from 15. Through to twenty-two, which was Ross's Ross's tip. Uh, he ended on what was it twenty twenty twenty-one? What did he get in the end? 
Well, he scored on the fight. He scored. He scored goal hundred of the league campaign. Are we on the thorny issue of, of yeah. league goals or all I don't competitions want to start, I don't again? Start this again, we're talking all competitions here. He he definitely got. Was it twenty or twenty one? One of the anyway. Twenty one. Twenty one. He ended on. So Ross was pretty close there, and obviously none of us said Connor Chaplin. But I don't think any of us really would have foreseen that season. Would be Rossi of Connor Chaplin scoring that many goals without actually playing as a striker. No, I think we always knew Connor Chapman had goals in him, but not yeah. the goals he did score. Um, but yeah, I think we just all went striker. They scored the goals, don't they? And that was the I think the easy answer for all of us to pick for Ladapo, definitely with him with his history in League One. So yeah, um, I'm not disappointed with that prediction. I think uh, I'm pleased how Connor Chapman's done. He's done really well. Um, but it's been shared around, hasn't it? The goals this season, you know, you know, both having two players on 20 plus goals is incredible really yeah um because i'll take this as it ties in it's a question from charlie and i i've tried to there's plenty of time for us to start talking about who should town sign in the summer and potential targets we'll get to all that friends but um i I thought i'd take this question charlie wants to know do we all go out do we sorry do we go all out for hurst regardless of what league leicester are in so you wrote something this morning about the two lone players that, that Town had in the past season, Hurst clearly had a, a huge impact. And and TJJ, Tyrese John Jules, has kind of been forgotten about, but had a great start. We all were purring about him at the start of the season, weren't we? What what a signing he is, what a player he is. Obviously, cruelly injured. What do you think about George Hurst, Stewie? <clears throat> what does all out constitute from an Ipswich Town perspective oh, no. at this moment in time? I'm just no, I'm I'm not saying it, I'm just thinking out loud in terms yeah. of what, what well, you make him the number does, one target, I guess, and you number you, one target, yeah. yeah, and he he's the man that you want to be leading your line on the first day, and you're kind of making him the main man. I don't know what that looks like in terms of budget. What it's going to be fascinating to see how much Ipswich spend. They will spend this summer. They will go again. I've got no doubt about that. What sort of level that's at, I don't know. If they're spending one one and a half million pounds on players. In League One, you would imagine they'll go beyond that for the championship. Um, when George Hurst went to Blackburn on loan last summer, and Andy can probably speak a little more on this, the inquiries we sort of made was that there was a ridiculous buy clause in that when Blackburn took him, like ridiculously high, because Ipswich have been after him for a while. That's an open secret now that McKenna's really wanted him. And I think Leicester put in a a, a silly high number on in his option to buy. So where his level's at now, after the seasons he's had financially, it's it's really hard to kind of peg. Mm. Should, Hutchie, should George Hurst be their main target? He's obviously, he's got a track record of doing it in League One. But do you think he'd be able to take that success up into, into the championship and be the main man for a side, a very ambitious side, who, who aren't going to just be happy to be middling around in the championship? I don't see why not. The, the the he's got all the attributes that he's got all the attributes that clearly Kieran McKenna wants and and mm. the coaching staff want, and they have a track record of improving players. So if you've got all the attributes and you think they're coachable, um, and there's room to improve, which clearly there is for George Hurst, because yeah, he's he's not crazy young, but he's not got that many miles on the clock really in terms of senior football, um. Then I don't. I really. I don't see why not because 
if if the if you think there's more more to his ceiling, and I think the ceiling's higher than what we've seen. I think he could mm. have hit twenty goals if he'd played a whole season for Ipswich for sure. Um, Broadhead probably could have done as well. Which um, imagine if they'd been in the team the whole year, how many how many Ipswich might have scored? I think you um, can't judge him on his season. He had one season with Brotherham in the Championship yeah. where he was just getting a few minutes off the bench here and mm. there. And Paul Warren was talking about how he felt sort of quite sorry for him because. Who would have been up front for them that season? It might have been Ladapo. It would have been Freddie, wouldn't it? And and they'd come up with a certain formula, and he was probably that little bit younger and raw at that time. That was before the Portsmouth loan and everything. And um, so I, I don't think it's fair to kind of judge him. You look at his goal record; that's not based on many minutes in the mm. Championship. Again, goes to Blackburn and just had players ahead of him um, last season. So personally, it feels to me like everything's kind of lined up for this this to happen. The only potential kink, and we've been saying this for a while, is if Leicester go down. And yeah. then, you know, do they want to have a look at him? I think it's one of those scenarios where they think, well, we probably should have a, a little look at him first and while they're waiting on other targets. And then, oh, a bit like Leif Davis, then, oh, we'll take him away on pre-season because he's another body. And then Ipswich are caught between a rock and a hard place. How much do you want him? How much? How are you prepared to put all your eggs in that one basket and mm. go, you know, almost into the season possibly um, without your main striker? I mean, the fact you've got Freddie Ladapo in the building who's scored goals and is trusted and, and liked by the fans might might mean that they are prepared to do that. I don't know. If Town are going into the Championship season with Freddie Ladapo as the kind of recognised leading striker, Hutchie, is, is that? A scenario you'd be happy with if they're if they're in a scenario where they're they're kind of waiting for Hurst or waiting for someone else. The Dapo's had a great season. Is he was he be the man you'd, you'd put your chips on in the championship? I'd put my chips on that not being the case. Certainly not by the end of the August window. But I, yeah, they'll want to do their business early again. Um, I'm, I'm sure they. I'm sure they will. Ladapo. Was it ten he scored for Rotherham in in, in their Championship relegation season in a relegated team from yeah. the Championship? That's not Decent, that's not yeah. too, that's not too shabby, is it? So, um, and, and I think we've we've seen Freddie improve as a player over the over the season as well. He's certainly fitted into Kieran's system and everything that they're doing much better as the season has gone on. Yes, a lot of that has come from the bench, but he's been impactful from there. So, I think it's in a similar way to Stu was just saying about Hurst at, at Rotherham. Um, I don't think we should really judge any of these players on, well, most of them haven't got, a lot of them haven't got a championship kind of history. Um, mm. But but I don't think we should judge any of them on what they've done in the championship before because they're doing this, they're going to be doing this in Kieran McKenna's team, in this team that they've been such a massive part of um, getting promoted. So I think it's a different ball game for for every single one of them, really, in terms of in terms of the championship. On on the striker topic, how many central strikers, out and out strikers, do you think they'll want to carry? Because I think this, you know, they started this season with it was it was Freddie with kind of Caden and Tyrese John Jules kind of mixed in a little bit going into the start of last season. It ended up really once Caden had kind of transitioned fully to a winger, it was really just. George Hurst and Ladapo. Do you want two really good ones pushing each other? Do you want two with a little versatile third option, which I would suggest might be like a that's where I think Tyrese John Jules would fit into this. 
someone that you can't make any guarantees, unfortunately, what he's going to be like fitness-wise. But if you know you've got sort of two out-and-out strikers, you know you've got plenty of options in support. He's just that little wild card option. If he's fit and you never know what he can deliver, then he, you, you know you can play him up front. You could play him in the broadhead role. You could play him in the number 10 role. That's kind of where I see him being, that little versatile sort of backup man just to, as an extra squad player. Mm, it's a long old summer, but honestly, honestly, if they started the season with Hurst, Ladapo, and and John John Jules as a three, I'd I'd be all right with that. Um, I'd be all right with that. How about you, Ross? You stay very quiet. Any thoughts on the striking position? What? Sorry, I was oh. wrong. Button. <laughs> <laughs> button. Ross just removed himself. Ross has yeah. left the chat. Yeah, that's it. that's it. I didn't like what that guy was saying. Oh, exactly. All rubbish. Oh, all rubbish. And that. Sorry to say, Peavy, I'm not going to change this up. I'm gonna... You're going to agree with them. Yeah. Um, although, you want that marquee signing, don't you? Maybe you do not need, want that other sexy strike. I know Hurst, if he signed permanently, that would be a sexy signing. But I don't know, maybe another one, maybe. Just to be greedy. I'm going to be greedy. One more. Could, something could come completely from left field, couldn't it? Like, this is the unknown, the complete unknown for Ipswich this summer. Shopping in markets that they've not shopped in for a long, long time before. Maybe the foreign market comes into a little bit more. We hear about Martin Pert's contacts on the continent um, and further afield. Uh, who knows? Who knows? They might something come in. But it, it just looking at the way George Hurst talks and how long McKenna sort of tracked him, it feels like it's all it all pointed towards that direction. Hachi, who is that? Who is that? Uh, was he a Dutch striker you identified in, in one of the summer windows? What, with a great name. What was his name? Ty Stillinger. That's it, Ty Stillinger. Is he still on the market? Can we get him? Yeah, he's, had, he doing? he's, had, he's had a great season. He, he ended up he ended up leaving um, the Netherlands and yeah. um, and went to Toulouse oh. in France and has had a good he's had a good season in Ligue 1. In Ligue 1, yeah. So he's he's a veteran European striker. He's proven. He's got a great name. Can we start the rumours now? Ty Stillinger to town. Let's have a look. I'm going to tell you how many he scored. Um, Why you do that? Because it was a, it was a decent number. Well, you do that. This is tied in. Sweet Welsh Prince Harvey Davis wants to know, Stu, will Town break their transfer record fee this summer? Matteo Sereni, 4.5 million was the highest fee we've paid, if I remember rightly. So clearly they've they've just spunked a million a few times on players in League One. What do you reckon we're going to be talking about? Because that is the sexiest thing, isn't it? When you get into a summer like this, we know Town have got money. Fans want to see that cash. What do you reckon, Stewie? One and a half on Davis, one and a half on Broadhead. Yeah. Close to that for <clears throat> Harry Clark. It's not impossible, is it? I, I I really don't know. There's obviously they're gonna be moving from salary cost management protocol financial rules into FFP, which is slightly different, but we know how well thought out the, the planning is for all these windows. They're always thinking two, three four windows ahead and making sure that they've they've got room, especially like the squad limit goes up next year. So at the minute, it's a 22-man senior squad. That goes up to 25, I believe, in the championships. So there's more room to do things. So they'll have the um, the war room going on at, at, at Portman Road or Playford Road and, and sort of moving the pieces around. And if they decide that they want to improve the squad... This is what we're talking about. We're talking now, and there might be a little chatting to some town fans the other night, and they said maybe a little bit of recency bias comes in. We're all on such a high about the manner in which Ipswich have charged over the line. 
We've forgotten. It's been four years since the championship. We've forgotten how gruelling and how competitive mm. it is and maybe underestimating a little bit. And Andy's right. There's You go through the squad. Yes, there is some decent championship experience in there, but um, some a lot of those championship appearances are with the people like Keo and Aluko that are at the latter end of, of their careers. People like Burns and... Um, uh, Wolfie's not played in the championship before. Some of those are still uh, un, unknown quantities at the championship. I'm sure Kieran McKenna is is very aware of all those things. But to go back to the start, to upgrade what they've got is going to take a bit of spending. So it's not impossible. I would I would say. What, what do you reckon, chaps? Can you can you see four and a half? That's that's still a decent decent number, it's isn't a, it? I, it's, it's a yeah, big jump, isn't it? Would Tysting a cost four and a half? <laughs> he scored eighteen goals, um, so yeah, he might. I, I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility that once you chuck every uh, add-on and clause into a deal for George Hurst, that it's nearing that. Mm, if I'm mm. completely honest, it's like it, that feels a little high potentially. But once you add everything in, I, I don't think I, I think there's not. It's not impossible that George Hurst comes out of the summer as Town's record. Well, he only signed a three-year deal there last year, didn't he? Before they, they when he went out on loan to Blackburn, they handed him a new three-year deal. So he's still got two years left on that. He's a good age. Um, yeah, you're right. A lot of that will be weighted towards, as all these deals are, appearances and sp- spread out over a period of time. But um, yeah, I mean, when I talked about that ridiculous sort of buy clause, I think it would would have been higher than than that figure that we're talking about last summer. So yep, definitely. yeah, definitely. So I think we're saying Sweet Welsh Prince Harvey Davis, there's a chance. By the way, Harvey, there's one of these flying its way to you in black. Black trucker cap, Kings of Anglia, merch store, one for you on the way, old friend. And there is still chance, by the way, friends, to uh, get 15% off at the merch store. Log on now, we'll share the link. Right then, the one I want to do next is the Aaron Drynan Memorial Award, the Surprise Package Award. Stu said... Torrey's John Jules. Andy said, KJ Caden Jackson. Ross said, Greg Lee. I obviously won because I said Cameron Humphreys. <laughs> Do I win that, boys? Can we agree? I've nailed that. Surprise package. Yeah. Let's not forget Cameron Humphreys hadn't really played for the first team. I think, what, did he come on at the end, last game of the season against Charlton? He wouldn't be the player if you asked me now to name in retrospect who the surprise oh, package was. I don't think any of us got it right. Who would you say then? I'd say Cameron Burgess. Mm, all right, yeah, I suppose. I might begrudgingly admit you, you go there. He'd be most improved though, not surprise package, right? Yeah. Uh, he could have a he could have a hand in both of those. Okay. How do you feel about your picks, boys? Looking back. As always, these things are kind of coloured by injuries, aren't they? Like Tyrese John Jules, I think, could have blossomed into to being that um, before injury kind of took it away. We talked about the Don Ball factor. The door then opened for Cameron Humphreys, and I think he played a lot more games than he would have done during that spell because of of people being out. So there's always circumstances that lead to these things. But out of those four picks, Cameron Humphreys, uh, the surprise is that he played as much as he did, and he certainly... You know, no one. Re- we all knew he was talented, but at a really tricky point in the season, um, yeah, it was a sink or swim swim situation. And I think, by and large, he he uh, he swam, didn't he? 
wasn't a surprise to me. That's why I picked him. Um, Ross Wishart on the same subject wants to know, despite breaking into the first team and greatly exceeding expectations, some would call him a big surprise package, Ross. Uh, does Cameron Humphreys have a full season on loan in League One next year to further his development? Who wants to take this? Ross. Cameron. Oh, Hutchie wants to take it. Cameron Humphreys, uh, I reckon. Ross, you go. Go on. Uh, yes, that's my own input. Yeah. You'd loan think, him out? Yeah. You'd loan think, him out? Uh, yeah, loan him out because he's still a young lad. You know, a surprise package. Um, as you said. Uh, and I think championship football may be a bit too early for him and we've got other players in that position. We may even improve in that that position. Um, but um, I think uh, for, it needs to be a good League One club. I don't want him to go because we've had a few lone players like this season, Rakeem Harper, and hasn't played games and whatever. And he's fight, like, he basically needs to do like an Idris at Leighton Orient where he's yeah. played week in, week out. Um, okay, you don't need to get promoted with a team, but just be somewhere where he's going to be playing week in, week out, playing good football, the football that McKenna probably wants him to play. So um, I would. Um, I wouldn't want him to go League 2, though. He needs to go League 1 because that would just be too much yeah. of a down. So League 1 club, wherever, sounds good to me. There is actually a question around this, actually. So I'll come to you after asking it. Um, Tom Bain says, top work this season. Kings as always. Thanks, Tom. The players we loaned out had mixed seasons. What do you think next season holds each of them? So we talked about Cameron Humphreys there, Hutchie. What would you do with him? And, and what about the likes of Idris and Rakeem and Corey? What do you reckon? Sounds like a boy band. It does, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> um, I, I don't think. I don't think there's there's certainly not room for both Idris and Cameron Humphreys to be the the young supplement to midfield. Um, Cameron's had his his year of training every day with McKenna's first team. I think it's, yeah, I think he's going to need to play. He'll find minutes even harder here because I think they'll recruit. But there's a real midfield shuffle that needs to happen, isn't there? Because there's Harper, Kamara um, and El Mazzuni coming back into the picture who weren't here, really. And I feel sure that that's an area they'll strengthen. And then there's the question of whether they sign Luongo to a new contract as well. So, um, midfield shuffle is going to be interesting. Um, and Don I'd, Ball I'd, as well, and Don Ball as well to come properly back into it. So um, I wonder whether now might be the moment for Idris to find his new home and and fly elsewhere. Um, the other two, Indaba and Baggett, um, again, I think it's an area they'll recruit in. So I think mm. they're going to find it. They're going to find it difficult. Corey and Darba still hasn't made his league debut for Ipswich. Yeah. Which is mad, really. Yeah. Any thoughts on that, Stu? Um, not beyond what the guys have, have said. I think, yeah, hum- Humphreys, I think, is, is would be a no-brainer. I could see the logic this year and it paid off in terms of keeping him. I think the primary focus was if even if he had barely played a minute, Cameron Humphreys, they felt it was almost like it's better him learning in our environment under our top level coaches than the risk of him going somewhere else and and maybe not getting game time and, and fitting in. He's done that now. Um, mm. Next year, I think the, the step for him would be alone. Um, who else are we talking about? Matt Penny's coming back. I think he'll be released. Uh, that's that's pretty clear. It's not, not happened for him at Charlton. He needs to find a new home. Joe Piggott coming back. Yeah. It's, it's pretty clear that he's uh, he'll he'll be moving on. I imagine that you've, you've then got to find buyers and the correct deals for for these sort of things. But it's um, Gasan as well, isn't it? I had me. Yeah, 
Interesting. Yeah, uh, you would imagine that was that's probably another loan. I would I would think. Um, um, the good thing is, I mean, there's been times in the past where if you've paid money for people, there's a feeling uh, I think sort of certainly during the Marcus Evans era that it's difficult to kind of wipe your mouth and take a real hit on financially on players that you've paid out for. I don't think that's that much of an issue now that they'll accept that there's been a lot more hits than misses and you are going to get one or two misses along the way. And if you have to sort of uh, take your medicine and, and let people let people go, it's um, it won't hurt so much financially. So I'm sure there'll be one or two players like that um, because you, you can't carry too big a squad. Um mm. And the squad's already been quite big as it is. So, you, you, mm. yeah, you... they're trying to make this squad better, aren't they? Um, they they're trying to beef it up for the championship. And I'm, I'm not sure that well many of the returning loans are gonna are gonna do that. So, um, I think that probably points to which way a lot of those are gonna go. Apart from Rakeem, of course, he'll be ace. Um... Top, let's race through a few of these picks then because we're coming up to an hour and I want to get through some questions as well. Right, top two picks were Stu, Sheffield Wednesday and Bolton. We all had Sheffield Wednesday, actually. Andy, Sheffield Wednesday and Peterborough. And myself and Rossky, great minds. Sheffield Wednesday and Town. So we were pretty close, Rossi. Um, and Peterborough, obviously, in the playoffs. Bolton in the playoffs. So we weren't, we weren't a million miles away, boys. Pretty happy with that, to be honest. Um, and then Dark Horse, let's do Dark Horses. Stu said Shrewsbury. Andy said Bristol Rovers. Ross said Cambridge United, which I could see you're thinking, but it's not really worked out like that. And I said Derby. Now, for me, obviously, I've won that again, haven't I, Hutchie? You have, but how was that allowed? Well, I, I specifically remember asking you if it was allowed. Yeah, because we shouldn't have let's allowed. Not, let's I'd, not forget, I'd... Derby were in turmoil before the season kicked off. They couldn't they even have a full a full team to play. And that's why I said they'd be the dark horse, because people look over them. No one's I, th- I think for Derby to have been the dark horse, they needed to like go up automatically. You're not giving me anything. You're not giving me anything. I want these no, clear. Yeah, we're, tough, we're a tough crowd. <laughs> I'm, not sure, I'm not sure Derby... I said finishing, specifically they at the time. The top six. Can, said, can Derby County finishing seventh classes? But remember, before the season, people were generally talking about them just going, falling out the bottom of the league. They had no, yeah. they didn't have any players. I suppose. And I, said, I said specifically to the Hutchman, I said, Hutchman, I know when I get this right at the end of the season, you'll say, how is that allowed? And you have just proved it. Correct. You were the man yeah. who said it was allowed. So, Well, I, maybe I was being too kind to you at the time. I don't think it, Mark, I don't think it falls within the spirit of the game. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. <laughs> spirit of the game. Nonsense. I'm winning all of these. Uh, right then. Playoffs. Stu said Peterborough, Town, Plymouth and Pompey. So you've got, have you got there? Two out of the four. And he said Town, Plymouth, Bolton and MK Dons. Yeah, not great. So you've got two out of the four. Rossi said Peterborough. MK Dons, Bolton and Derby. So two out of four. And I said Derby, Peterborough, Pompey. Uh, it says here I said MK Dons as well, but that can't be right. Um, no, that can't be. That can't no. be right because you because you <laughs> smashed these. Exactly. Uh, so I got I got one there. Um, Mike Bacon, not no longer with us, obviously went to pursue other business opportunities. He said MK Dons would come second in the table. So that's why he's no longer with us. Absolutely. And just finally, relegated. Stu said Forest Green Rovers, correct. Morecambe, correct. Cheltenham, no. Burton, no. 
Andy said Accrington, correct. Morecambe, correct. Cheltenham and Port Vale, no. Ross said Exeter, Forest Green Rovers, correct. Cheltenham, no. Accrington, correct. And I said Exeter, no. Forest Green Rovers, yes. Morecambe, yes. And Cheltenham, no. So we had a two out of four hit rate on all of those. Look at these boys. We've not actually done that badly, have we? We didn't do too bad. We've done Cheltenham dirty there, haven't we, between us? Yeah. I think putting MK Dons in the playoffs counts as doing badly. (laughs) (laughs) They were relegated. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, before the season, things were looking right, yeah. weren't they? I know they'd lost the players, but anyway. So I think I think we've given ourselves a solid seven out of ten there, boys. And I'd probably get eight if I'm honest, because I uh, I clearly did the best. Anyway, moving on. Uh, ben Diath says, "Evening team, excellent work all season. Love every pod. Cheers, Ben." Question, very obvious, but needs to be asked before we talk about signings. Who's being released? or made available for transfer and why? Name names, please and thank you. So we've talked there about low knees coming back and, and potentially being moved on. Are there any other people you think might be made available? Stewie, what do you reckon? Uh, we kind of covered it, really, with that kind of when the music stops, there's going to be not enough chairs for the central midfielders. So somebody's going to, whether you're giving another another loans to people or just deciding it's time time to change um might there be some like, now then you're taking it to another level of like if you're trying to kind of make room for upgrades whose phone's going that's me just ignore it it's fine um i don't know i don't really just kind of want to it's the ones that have maybe been kind of fringe bench players that you maybe you try and sort of level Level some of those guys up. I don't know, but thoughts. Is it, gents? Is it, is it anyone Hutchie that? Um, I mean, clearly Tan have been promoted, so they're in a good place. But is there anyone you think may attract attention from higher up, given how good the season has been? And there's some obviously really highly rated players in there uh, who've, who've got big numbers this season. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, there'll, there'll be admiring glances, but I, I don't. Those admiring glances kind of come when when there's a feeling they might be able to be prized away, and I, I don't know if people will look at Ipswich Town and think that it's a sort of a a place to be taking players from potentially. No, um, anyone who leaves, it will be on the club's terms. It will yeah. be because they've decided that actually, yeah, if we do this, we can do something a bit better. And I, I'm reluctant to kind of throw names out there because it feels a bit disrespectful a, a week on from the season that they've just had and we've been talking about how they've all played their part both on and off the pitch but for example Marcus Harness if you've decided that he hasn't got we're talking about players that haven't necessarily got a huge championship record hmm. you've got Nathan Broadhead sort of has got that that position nailed down you see sort of Kyle Edwards as as someone that you want to stick with and you want to add in Tyrese John Jules, you're looking at bringing back. If the right offer came in for someone like him, is that something that you would look to do? Um, trying to think who else would, would kind of fall in into that category. Um, Panucci Kamara, like we're talking about the mm. midfield situation. Yeah, yeah. We don't know. We don't haven't seen anything of him to judge that so far, but is that something that, you know, one year on, they they have to kind of just go. Actually, that that didn't quite work, and we move on from it. I, I really don't know, but it pains me to kind of say these sort of things because as we 
we're talking about human beings here. We've seen sort of Panucci really enjoying the celebrations and is clearly a, a really popular lad there. But ultimately, there is no room for sentiment in football and Kieran McKenna will be watches so much football and he will be very in tune to the different challenges of the championship and what has been required in League One. Um, you know, we've heard Sam Morsi talking about it already. They're going to have to improve individually, collectively, and recruitment and levelling up some some positions will will be part of that, whether it's starters or whether it's it's squad players. Mm. Right then, Rossi, one for you. Oh, can I can I carry on to that quickly? Yeah, Chris can. Yeah. Um, if they're over thirty, goodbye again. <laughs> <laughs> you picked a player over thirty to be MVP, Rossi. Uh, Sam Morsi's had a good run, hasn't he? Um, yeah, thanks for everything. Right. <laughs> uh, but no, but no, I just wanted to add that in just for the, I liked the it, break. it was good. You added value, Ross, and I liked it. Mark, Mark Job, evening, you fine kings, and thank you for all your coverage of ITSC throughout the 2022 23 season. Now the summer is upon us, and fixtures will be out on June 22nd. God, it will come around quickly. Who would you like Ipswich to be up against on the opening day of the championship season? Clearly, I would imagine the fixture computer would be thinking Ipswich would be ripe for a, a marquee fixture on the opening day of the championship season, given all the, the narrative behind them. Rossi, who would you like to, to see either at Portman Road or be on the road for first game of that championship season? What would be your ideal game? It's now, do I want to get the, one of the long journeys out of the way early? So well, we you won't be driving, so it doesn't make any difference. You never know that stage. <laughs> no, I do know. I do know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, one does know. Um, yeah. um, do you know what? Why not Plymouth? That'd be a good little starter, you know. At Plymouth on the first. Yeah, at Plymouth. Yeah, Plymouth That'd be yeah. spicy, wouldn't it? Because there's definitely some uh, some back and forth yeah. between between the two sets of fans, or at least one set of fans, very much back and forth. Yeah. So you go Plymouth away on yeah. the first day of the championship season. Yeah, away. Hutchie, would you have a, a favourite? Would you like to see a, a big Portman Road occasion? Someone like Leicester or. Uh, even Everton, someone like that, at Portman Road on on opening day of the championship. It's, it's not going to be it, but it's going to be away because of I think Ipswich of uh, applying to the EFL for an away game just to make sure everything's good with the pitch, given how extensive the renovation work is. So exclusive, uh, just drop that in there. I think that's quite widely been quite widely discussed. Oh, is but, it? Um, okay. Yeah, I think so. But um, yeah, it's, it's likely to be away. I think. Um, and I've got two written down. One was Plymouth, because I think that would be fun, sort of rivalry yeah. renewed. Um, and the other one is, is QPR away. I it's really like... Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I, really, I, like, <laughs> I, like, I like Loftus Road. It's a, it's a fun ground. It's not too far. The, the away end would be packed for it. Um, it's winnable. It's Ainsworth. It's, um, I think that could be a good place to get, get the show started. Stewie? Uh there's every chance I'm not going to be covering this one. I might be missing the opener. So from a, from a selfish off, yeah. point of view, yeah, correct. Um, <laughs> yeah, just get just get a Plymouth trip out of the way or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I, from an Ipswich point of view, something away from home that feels quite winnable, like something that you feel like you could go in and, and really sort of attack. I don't know, like Huddersfield away. If, is, is Warnock done there now? Is he... Is Who his knows? Last dance over, or I don't, I don't know what he he will be dancing till the end of time, Stu. <laughs> as long as Sharon lets him. Yeah, um, I think it's such a right Mark for Ashton Friday. Derby at Ashton Gate. Hmm? Hmm. Yeah, Friday night would be fun, wouldn't it? Maybe yeah, because there's all there's always a championship 
championship game on the Friday night to kickstart that weekend, which will almost certainly involve one of the relegated teams. Um, Leicester away on a Friday? That would need mm. to be kind of one of the relegated sides, I think, yeah. to be picked for that, wouldn't it? Yep. On a are we relegating Leicester? Are we relegating Leicester already? They're not in relegated. No, no, yeah. they, are in, going down, yeah. they are in the bottom in the bottom yeah. three, though, aren't they? And then it's not going right for them. Did you see, by the way, their finances the other day? Brendan Rodgers was on £13 million a year. Their average wage bill is 94 k a week. Incredible. I mean, I know they they had some good times, but wow. Um, Bono, our friend Bono, Matt, aka View from U2. I don't know if he's going to add another nickname to the championship season. Maybe he should. Um, Namaste, gents. He says, well, what a season it's been. And having Carol on for the ride was just nifty. Thanks, Bono. Um, just a simple one. I'll leave it quite open at this stage. And I'm coming to you, Ross. What are you most looking forward to about the 23-24 season and why? Not going to Accrington, not going to Morecambe, <laughs> not going to Forest Green. <laughs> That's where you go. No no offence. Yeah, no, no but... offence to those teams. Yeah, yeah. yeah but um, no thank you. Uh, just just excited to cover Itchery Town back in the second tier, really, and um, play some bigger teams um yeah just just looking forward to it and it's gonna be a, a summer of fun i'm sure with transfer rumors and all that sort of stuff and us doing podcasts looking ahead to the fixtures but uh yeah it's gonna be another exciting season i'm sure have you got anything particular boys you want to say or should we move on to the next question norwich of oh yeah course. of course yeah. <laughs> of course yeah we're talking about the championship we're not talking about norwich obviously it feels like Town are going to have the best chance to beat Norwich in, in a long time next season, which will be nice, won't it? Hutchie, you're currently writing something about ranking all of Town's goals from last season. It's like a war and peace sort of effort for you. It's done. It's done, and it's going to be out yeah. tomorrow morning, 6am. Log on, read it. Did Take I need to week. do it? No. Have I done it? Yeah. Take have you, all weekend. Have you spent far too much time sort of deciding whether something was 86th or 87th in the list? Is that what what I've really struggled with is all of Connor Chaplin's goals. A lot of them really, really similar. And I've halfway through doing it, I've just admitted that I can't separate a load of them. Um, but yeah, you just put all, all all of them in. in the no, middle. I've I've tried not to. I've tried to I've tried to sort of look at each one of those on its own merits, but it's um. Yeah, I've 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 taken it seriously. Suffice when you to close say. your eyes, you must just see replays of goals in your head now. You they all blend it. into one. Was it the one where he took a touch? No, it's the one where he didn't take a touch and spun and put it in first time. That goes higher. The one where he got loads of space in the box on his own. Um, Daryl, anyway, DJ, friend of the show number one, Hutchie, this is why I'm asking you. Which of Town's goals were most outrageous slash unexpected? What does that mean? Well, unexpected. What, well, yeah, out of nothing, outrageous, as in Broadhead's uh, wow. free kick versus Sheffield Wednesday. Kind of was yeah. out of the blue, yeah. given the way the game was going and every everything. Um, well, Broadhead's header at Barnsley was un sort of unnoticed by most people in the stadium. No one even knew that it went in. Uh, it was that took a good five or six seconds for anyone to even know that Town were. What about the Carl Edwards goal game. from the touchline against Cambridge? That was yeah, yeah. That's that's not ranked very highly in mine. Fluke, is it not? Ooh. You reckon he didn't mean no. it? Um, no, of he didn't. What, what number does that give? Get give us an exclusive. Oh, I'll tell you. I'll give you an exclusive. I've got it here. Uh, 
it's really not very high, mate. Um, that has come. Hang on, ten hooks. Hang on, eighty second. Oh, see the whip on it. Whip on yeah, it. Yeah, it's a fluke. Incredible. Great. Friend. I love. It was great. Great to see him smiling afterwards, and it was a very important goal. But um, the Ipswich scored some really good goals. This is this, this doing this is has kind of reminded me just how good a lot of the goals that they scored were. Like there are some goals that don't even make the top twenty in mind. That are, are really... oh, he's frozen. I was gonna, I was gonna double down on the broadhead free kick because we were told afterwards that he'd never taken a competitive free kick in his life, and no one, he hadn't even really done them in training, and no one really knew he had it in his locker. So, I think that also surprised the Ipswich staff and players as well. So, Hutchie, you briefly froze mid sentence there. So, she took the broadhead thing. What were you saying? There was something around. Oh, he's gone again. Oh, he's frozen again. <laughs> <laughs> this is he great looks, audio. He looks really cross on that. He, he does. Right. It looks like he's really thinking hard about something. Um, Rossi, how many of Ipswich Towns? Oh, he's back. He's you back, Hutchie? You know, in, have you seen Interstellar? Yes, one of the I worst like I've ever seen. Yeah. I quite liked it, but I oh, feel like my... absolute shite. Okay, well, I well, yeah. I quite liked it, and uh, okay, it's like when Matthew McConaughey is trapped sort of between the wall. I can still hear you, everything you're saying. You just couldn't see me. And I was just, just there, just, were... just pushing books off the bookshelf. Thousands of years in the future. Um, mm. how, how, I want to know, boys, before we talk about goals, how many goals did you actually see for Ipswich Town, as in live? Because you're a lot of the time you're like this, aren't you? Like looking down. Are there any that kind of, you're looking at, Christ, what I'd was that? I'd love to know a percentage on that. Yeah. That would be quite interesting. Uh, I don't reckon I missed too many. No. Not working hard enough, actually. Typical. And doesn't um, know. Well, <laughs> yeah, I probably miss more than I more than I should. Um, hmm. It's only live once. That's what Sky say. Ross, what's going on? You appear to be talking to someone off camera with a big grin on your face. What's happening? Have you get you get heckled? Uh, no, it's my missus. Just guy came in, so um, she got me some bakery treats. So she got me some bakery treats. So mm. what's a bakery treat? What she, what you got? Donut? No. I've got to know. I'll get him in a minute and show her. It's a secret. It's a secret, apparently. Oh, it's a eat secret. It on the pod. Yeah, yeah. It's eat it on the pod. See how quickly you can eat the bacon treats. Yeah. Great, great video. <laughs> ben Robinson wants to know, one from an external point of view, and as a Crystal Palace fan, this is dangerous, so I hesitate to even ask this, what do you think it will take to lure McKenna away from Portman Road this summer? Is there any chance at all that Kieran McKenna, who now will be, without doubt, one of the hottest properties in management, linked to every single vacancy, I'd imagine, that emerges, that he would be lured away. And if he was, what would it take? It would take a huge, huge offer and a, surely a very, very stable club. If you even think about it. Stewie Hutchie, you want to take that? You're not, you're not having it, are you, Hutchie? I can't see it at all, if yeah. to be completely honest. I, I, I can't see it at all. Why would it? Other than money... I'm sure he's getting fairly well compensated at the moment. He's got everything going for him here. He's building a serious project, isn't he? He is literally the chosen man as well of that of that project team. You're he's an ambitious to... man, very yeah. ambitious man. He talks, you know, he references I have coached at Champions League level. He's been at that level and he intends to get back to that level. Um, I think this Ipswich project will carry him. Um a fair bit further first. I don't think he'll be itching at all. 
at this moment in time. He was very, very careful to pick this job in terms of all the facets behind it. Um, what would it take right here and now this summer? I think it would need to be a club, for example, like Brighton. If Brighton's manager got spirited away and, you know, a club like that, what I think would maybe at least make him have a, a real think. Um, but I, no, I, I, no, I don't see that happening at all this summer, This that scenario. Um, but there'll come a point in time, no doubt about it, that, that that will become a thing. He will be linked to everything though, won't he now? Like pretty much every job that, that comes up at a certain level in the, in the Championship, in the Premier League, Kieran McKenna will be on that list. All right, let's take two more questions, two or three more questions. John Watson, the King of the North, friend of the show, wants to know what will happen first. You get photographic evidence of Ashton's balls on the table doing a deal this summer. He's going to be pulling them out a lot, I reckon, this summer. He'll be making some big moves, lots of cash and testicles on the table. Stu gets to be mascot just because. Andy's chosen to design the, the town away kit. I mean, that, to be honest, that's feasible. Well, fine. I mean, this is complete nonsense. Or finally, Ross passes his driving theory test. So, of all those four things, I'd say Ross passing his driving theory test is probably the least likely. <laughs> How are we on the theory test, Rossi? Have you have you have you tried another one yet? No, there is one. Fair enough. Me and um, we had some time to kill at the airport, and me and Tony did a, a theory test, and I think I did okay. Ask him about it, and hopefully, he did does. you pass it? Yeah, passed it. Passed it. Yeah. So, okay. but that's so, once again that's sort of like a you know test one. Yeah, so. it doesn't it doesn't count if Tony tests you in Over cheap beer. old airport. That's yeah. Not, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Just <laughs> uh, I, I mean, Andy designing a town away kit is something I'd, I'd be quite interested in seeing. Actually, I don't know if uh, if you I'd were given if you were given that power and you took it with both hands, what would you what would you draw up? Do you reckon? Have you thought about it? Um. Definitely not the yellow one because that makes Stu smile too much. I'm not, in the business, I'm not in the business of that. Um, I, I've got a lot of nostalgia time for the old green and maroon uh, one from the mid nineties. I'd maybe remix that in my own special way. Yes, please. Nice. Well, we'll see what happens, won't we? Um, <clears throat> and then where we go? Blah, 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 blah. Uh, Ollie wants to know who impressed from other League One sides beyond the big names. Uh, is there someone who could be a hidden gem that we sign like Greg Lee? He says Jensen Weir stood out in a poor side on loan and an Everton connection for Stu. Nibs from Cambridge will try to pick P P uh, Plymouth to Azaz, who's obviously a bit more of a star. Is there one you think off the top of your head, boys, that you'd be like, hmm, there may be some interest there? Raksaki's the one that's been talked of course, about yeah. pre previously, isn't he? I don't know if you hidden gem is maybe a bit of a stretch, but he was in a mid mid table League One team who I imagine one way or another will be playing Championship football next year. So if he if he counts, then, uh, then he might be one. Uh, I really like Connor Bradley at Bolton, particularly from that opening day of well, both games actually against Bolton, um, <clears throat> but particularly in that that opener, he's kind of a marauding right sider can play right back right mid sort of bit west burnsy really um was on loan from liverpool um 
I'm trying to think who else jumped off the page. Like I was looking back through the results. Like Gasana had me jumped off the page, and then they went they went and got him after that that Burton game. So, um, I don't know necessarily if the market they're shopping in is to is to go and get the best players that they've just been up against in League One. I think they might be mm. looking in in other places potentially. There's a really good midfielder, Exeter. Didn't get a lot of playing time, which I thought was cruel. I think he's got talent. Some. Keem Harper, I think his name is. <laughs> I mean, like uh, Jay, you mentioned, Exeter, Jay Stansfield <laughs> has done really well there. Is it like like lone players that have been really good? I'm just going to gloss over the dream. Yeah, I like how little time um, you had for that, Stu. You literally gave it the, the, the smallest possible fake laugh and then were like, shut up, Heath. Come the on. dream. Yeah. Right. Final question, and I like this. That's my question of the day. Robin Harper, have we gone early in our mind games for next season via Wesburn's hat? This, of course, is the hat that Wesley James Burns was sporting in Christchurch Park on Monday, I believe, anyway. Um, how would you describe it? Like a fisherman's hat, wasn't it? Like a, a wide-brimmed one with a with a thing underneath the chin. Like which a, he had a cricket umpire's hat. Yeah, that kind black. of thing. Um, it's the sort of thing. He teamed it with some kind of John Lennon-esque shades as well. It's the kind of thing you could only really get away with if you're a, a well-paid professional footballer, if I'm honest. Um what did you what did you make of it, Ross? You're a noted fashion expert. Didn't have any three stripes on it, so you weren't approved. But fashion expert, I think my uh, other half will <laughs> to that. Um, it looked like the Undertaker, actually. The Undertaker's little style of glasses, and yeah. yeah. Do you reckon that was the look he was going for? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, did he have the big trench coat and the all that kind of stuff? You never know. You never know. That was the entrance. Yeah, when he when he arrived and With the, the hair down as back. well. Yeah, the hair, people. Yeah. People with those coats in public parks make you um, nervous. They're normally flashes, aren't they? Yeah. Rather than <laughs> rather than anything else. Yeah. Any any other thoughts, boys, on the hat? What's the I, uh... what's the mind game element of this then? What what well, what minds is he getting into? By, I think by he's wearing saying that? it's it's, a, it's got to be a confident boy to wear a hat like that out in public. I would say. Um, what, so it's a mind game on the whole of the championship. Absolutely. Here I come. Yeah, exactly. I'm this Wes is, Burns, and this I. This is how. This is how good I am. Yeah. I'll wear this in public and no one's like going to say it. anything to me. Yeah. I think that's where he's coming from. So that's that made it my question of the day, Robin. Good stuff. Rossi, who is, is Sasha still behind the camera? Is she going to give you a bakery treat? I want your full attention, please. Give him a biscuit. <laughs> give him a biscuit. Yeah, I'll, I'll go and get it in a minute and I'll show you what I've got. Okay. That sounds like a threat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you what I've got. Yeah. <laughs> right, well, we come to the end of it, boys. Pretty much, that's the final question. Um, so, with that, we come to what were you? Seventy-five minutes in a, a podcast full of fun and frolics and bakery treats, perchance. Um, anything else to talk about, boys? Obviously, I want to remind people: Kway, uh, Kway merch is always open. It's the last day today, fifteen percent off. Hutchie's sporting the, one of the best-selling items, which is the uh, the royal blue um, Kua hoodie, which he's not going to show. There we go. Thank you. I've also got my KOA insulated travel mug, which has been going well. And Ross has got the, the black, the all black everything, blackout mug, Kings of Anglia. So get involved in that as well. Stu, is he going to pick something up here? No, he's not. He's looking at his phone. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, so get involved in that. Support our sponsors. We mentioned Ginger Pickle. Our sponsor has just taken Ross to Amsterdam and looked after him. Um, so looking forward to hearing the stories from that, Tony. If you like your pickle ginger, Google Ginger Pickle. Get involved with them for all your digital marketing, your social uh, media, 
your Google rankings. I assume you talked a lot about this, Ross, did you, while you were in Holland? You're fully up on all that kind of stuff now? I did ask you at one stage because I was intrigued because it is <clears throat> because, yeah, definitely with Facebook and stuff, like, you know, Mouth stuff, they yeah, we won't get into that, but um, yeah, it's, it's fascinating, excellent. And also, clearly, use the code carry at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery. All that excellent stuff they've got there, including the new Weed Whacker 2.0, which we've done our own little test on. And Hutchie has given it the, the nose up or the thumbs up, rather. There we go, the double thumbs up for the Weed Whacker 2.0. Chaps, anything else to discuss before we take our leave in terms of the going forward? Um, we'll see how we go with 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 uh, pods over the summer, depending what's happening. Rossi, are you going to continue with fan social? Is there going to be a fan social every week? Yeah, I'll try, I'll try my best to bring you that fan social. We're going to have a lot of uh, Track the Girls talk specials, sort of looking at their season as a whole. Um, that'll be out soon um, with Blue and uh, special guests. And then we're going to do like season review awards mm-hmm. and all that, and a quiz, big quiz. Me and Blue will be going head to head. So uh, he'll be crowned. The top king or queen of um of the season because um basically it's gonna be like questions from the season so see how our memories are so yeah check that out when it's out to look forward to in terms of content coming up obviously we've got um the goals the the incredible goals ranking from Hutchie will drop tomorrow morning um we've got Rossi's chat with Tommy Miller which will be going out over the weekend one of your in pitches um that was a good that was a good one wasn't it Rossi just talk about it a little bit yeah, of course. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it already because Tommy is back in in um, management or he's assistant coach at um, South Shields. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, Tommy, you know, I'm, I know Andy knows him really well. But um, yeah, Tommy is such a lovely bloke. Um, and uh, yeah, it was a good good episode. We, we spoke just before the Shrewsbury um, sort of uh, player re- reunion dinner, and um, he, he just sort of great to see Jim back, of course, um, mm. that day as well. But um, yeah, good chat. Spoke about his two spells at the club. Playoff heart break, his penalties, his celebrations is a good a good chat. So check out. Yeah, that'll be dropping uh, Sunday morning. I think that's going to go out for you. So uh, get involved in that. Um, yeah, and that's it. So we'll be back next week. Have a great weekend, whatever you're doing. No football for the first time in ages. I still, of course, plenty to watch uh, on TV. Uh, and we'll be back next week with a very special show indeed, which you will not, my friends, you'll not want to miss. Have a great weekend. And we'll catch you next time.
Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.